Earlier this week, you heard part one of my conversation with Alex Thompson with the New York Association on Independent Living and Julia Batista with Consumer Directed Action of New York. I started off part two by asking them about other budget priority issues. Julia, I'm going to tee this up for you now. What other issues are on your priority agenda? Well, uh, I think the other biggest priority for us right now is the impending um, personal care cuts that also include CDPA. I think CDPA actually would encompass most of these cuts. Um, there in was in the 2021 state fiscal year budget. Now, just to, again, provide context, that was passed in 2020 when COVID was like reaching its peak in the state that would reduce um, eligibility for CDPA and other personal care services to individuals who require physical assistance with three or more activities of daily living. Um, that would only be two if you also have a diagnosis of Alzheimer's or dementia. Now keep in mind, activities of daily living include getting in and out of bed or transferring, um, toileting, grooming, bathing, food preparation, medication dispensing, it's, um, the list goes on and on. And to think that someone could live at home needing even one or two of these um, assistance with these tasks and not get it and be okay just really doesn't make any sense. Um, no such eligibility cut exists for institutional care. So I think this, again, speaks to what I had just been saying about our bias in the state. Um Anything, again, any savings that are anticipated are, one, not an inadequate reason to do this. Um, this is people's freedom and safety on the line. And two, um, really, it's going to result in people becoming more disabled through preventable injuries. Um, now, fortunately, these cuts were put on hold in exchange for COVID um, matching funds. Oh, sorry, COVID era um, additional federal matching funds for Medicaid. Um, in order to accept these dollars, we had to agree not to reduce eligibility on long-term care programming. Um, however, that is set to expire on March 31st, 2024. We don't anticipate that these cuts will take effect necessarily that quickly. There's some other things that uh, regulatorily have to happen first, but um, we are trying to ensure that that law is eliminated or, sorry, um, struck from state law so that they can't take place at all. Right. And there is legislation in New York to counteract that. And it is pretty interesting. And it's not too far in the past. Governor Cuomo was hell bent on getting these cuts rammed through, which yeah. just makes no sense. Now, Alex, I know of course, through the independent living sphere, the issues are a bit more diverse. So give us the high level on those. Right. Um, so similar to what Julie, Julia talked about, um, the ADL issue is uh, top of mind right now because we have heard um, fairly recently that they would like to implement that uh, April 1st of this year. So we're, uh, we're on a tight deadline to uh, reverse those changes. Um, so, so that's definitely something that is uh, top of mind. Um, one of the other things we didn't talk about, but I know this is something um, that's, uh, that 
Julia's organization also supports is uh, removing um, managed long-term care companies um, from the um, um, long-term care system. Um, that's something where, you know, we'd like to, you know, realize some savings, significant savings and have them reinvested in the system. Um, that's, you know, another top health priority um, for our members and also um, coalition partners, including the Caring Majority, who you know, a lot of people might be familiar with or fair pay for home care. You know, a lot of these savings can be reinvested and, you know, support the workforce. Um, we also have several um, other priorities, um, including uh, home accessibility through supporting uh, funding for access to home um, and also looking at transportation, um, expanding uh, paratransit service beyond, um, you know, the ADA minimums, which is, um, you know, something that's very limiting to a lot of people um, across the st state being able to get accessible uh, and affordable transportation. Right. Now, final thing, in the interest of some semblance of speculatory certainty, how do you feel, optimistically speaking, about your overall priorities and those being implemented for this coming budget that is supposed to be due April 1st. But as we have seen in the past, you never know. April 1st could just be a joke in terms of the deadline. I don't want to be too much of a pessimist, um, but sometimes it takes a few years for um, these more ambitious initiatives to, you know, really take hold and possibly get passed. So some of our proposals are, again, new and bold. And I, I didn't actually get a chance to speak about all of them per se, but, um, you know, I'll leave that surprise for Lobby Day, I suppose. <laughs> um, that said, I think that the most pressing time-wise is the MLTC, or sorry, the um, personal care eligibility changes. And I'm hopeful that the legislature is receptive to the importance of this, especially it's an election year. So it'd be interesting to see how they respond to their own constituents who are going to be at risk of um, losing services imminently. Yeah, for sure. Alex, how are you feeling about things? Um, well, I think, you know, at this point of the year, you know, the barometer that we kind of measure against uh, tends to be the governor's budget. Um, you know, there are there are some good things that we did see that I haven't spoken about already. Um, you know, we're, you know, encouraged by the expansion of the Office of the Chief Disability Officer, which is you know, an office we fought for uh, for many years. Um, you know, there's support for the Olmstead plan. Um, there's some good things about um, in expanding uh, employment first initiatives, um, interagency interagency coordinating council for the deaf, deaf, blind, hard of hearing. So there's some resources being put into that office, which is encouraging. Um, like I said, I think some of the, the health budget priority items um, are, are going to be the real challenge for us. Um, but I agree with Julia that, you know, it, 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 this directly affects people across the state, especially the eligibility issue. Um, there's a large constituency of people that are going to be impacted by this. So I, you know, I'm I'm optimistic that uh, their voices will be heard, and hopefully, we can get some positive action on that. 
Absolutely. Well, I've taken up enough of your time, unless there's anything either of you uh, want to add. But I'm going to spell out the websites where you can find out more. So for Consumer Directed Action of New York, I believe it is C-D-A-N-Y dot O-R-G. Again, that's C-D-A-N-Y dot O-R-G for Consumer Directed Action of New York. For the New York Association on Independent Living, for full disclosure, my employer, I-L-N-Y dot O-R-G. Again, that's I-L-N-Y dot O-R-G for the New York Association on Independent Living. Alex Thompson and Julia Batista, this has been a lot of fun we will be causing good trouble in the well of the Legislative Office Building for Budget Advocacy Day on Monday, February 12th, and I have no doubt that we'll be talking a time or 16 before then as well. So thank you both so much. Thank you very thank much, Blaze, for having us. This is Blaze Bryant reporting for Hudson Mohawk Magazine.